how you doing? I'm good, sister. Just getting my watch party started since I missed it last week. We've been yes. coming, uh, live pretty frequently. You lost what? I said we've been coming live very pretty frequently, coming to the folks live pretty frequently. Well, we're trying to come live frequently because we want to bring you all the goodness that we have here at Hey Sister. And tonight we have another great show in store for you. Tonight we're going to be joined by four fellow HBCU alums of the Xavier University of Louisiana. Woo-hoo, XU. Um, we love you too, Jaguars. Yay! <laughs> I'm just ripping my sister a little bit tonight, but we're super excited because we're going to be joined by the Black Coffee Company tonight, and we're going to be bringing them up on the screen here so we can talk about what they're doing in the community, their business, the concept, and I'm just so excited to have these young men here who are a great example of entrepreneurship as well as Black male excellence, and that's something that's very important to us at Hey Sister. Because, hey, sister, as we say, it's a four sisters, by sisters, and it's about us sisters and misters. And so we're so excited to have these misters with us tonight. So I'm going to start bringing them up on. We only can bring two on at a time. And we're going to bring them on and let them introduce themselves. So here we go. Hello, everybody. Can you guys hear me? Yes, there you go. Hey, hey. All right, so welcome to the, um, to our show tonight, Mr. Leonard Lightfoot and Mr. Jamin Butler. Will each of you introduce yourself, tell the folks who you are, and um, and we're just so excited to have you. First of all, I want to thank you all for having us on your guys' platform. We really truly appreciate the opportunity to you know share our story and to you know spread the message spread the message. Uh, my name is Leonard Lightfoot. I'm one of the co-founders of the Black Coffee Company. Um, I'm originally from Los Angeles and I currently reside in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Awesome. I'm gonna echo my brother's sentiments. Uh, my name is Jamin Butler and I'm just thankful and proud to be welcomed on this platform with Hey Sister tonight. Uh, we've been fans now for a while watching this. Uh, it's my first time meeting Christina. So salute to you and Demetria, you are a trailblazer in our XULA community. So we're thankful for all the work that you've done uh, just blazing that trail and we hope that we can make you proud. Oh, well, thank you so much. All right, I got to bring these other guys on. I drop these young men down and bring, bring one in at a time. <laughs> All right, let's see. Here we go. Check it out. Woo -woo. So this is a Hey Sister first. We have four guests at one time. We're missing one, but this is a Hey Sister first, and we're just so excited. So, so welcome, gentlemen. Tell us who you are. Uh, good evening, everybody. My name is Brandon Cole. Uh, I am originally from Phoenix, Arizona. I live in Seattle, Washington right now. Um, and I'm just happy to be here. Thank you guys for having us. Uh, the whole Black Coffee Company is just happy to, to be here tonight. Awesome. And good evening, everyone. My name is Gino Jones, uh, currently residing in Los Angeles, California. Um, like my other co-founders said, uh, everything is perfectly said. Um, definitely an honor uh, to be on the Hey Sister broadcast, and uh, we look forward to the many successes of, uh, of the Hey Sister broadcast. 
Awesome. Well, Thank I love his, his well, he has that radio tone in his voice. Yes. Oh, Hello, move on FM 98. What? All right. <laughs> Well, we uh, thank you so much. I'm going to bring you guys out, and then uh, we're going to bring back. Uh, we we do have watching right now, Mr. Randall McHenry, who is the president of the Xavier University National Alumni Association. So thank you for tuning in tonight, Randall. We hope that we represent you and the XU community very well. As you all know, we generally start our show with some hot topics and tonight will be no different. So we wanna jump into some hot topics. And before the broadcast, what we agreed to is that um, Jamin and Leonard would do the heavy lifting in the comments and then the uh, Gino and Brandon, they will be in the comments section answering your questions. So please funnel in your questions. We'll try to go back on and forth to the watch party, but the best viewing experience is from the Hey Sister page. You can type your comments in there. We can pull them right up on the screen and all of us have view and eyesight to your questions in real time versus having to toggle back and forth. So for the best viewing experience, go on over to the Hey Sister page and watch it from there. So we said we're gonna get started with some hot topics and ding, 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 ding. All right, hot topics. Um, the first hot topic of the night is the NFL draft. Now, I'm gonna tell y'all, I didn't really watch all of the draft. I've got pieces in part, but the comedy that comedy gold that was born out of the draft from the reactions of the girlfriends and the mothers is well worth commenting on. But first, we got to shout out a young man from our hometown of Thibodeau, Louisiana, right, sister? Yes, yes. Mr. Amik Robertson went in the fourth round of the draft. So shout out to Amik representing the hood, Thibodeau, Louisiana. Yes, yeah, so small town, you can still make it. Your talent will always make room for you, right? Mm -hmm. We love that. But I don't know, sister. What did you think about these sisters? I mean, mothers and girlfriends going wild. That's what it was, draft edition. Well, of course, I did not see the draft. Um, but I did see, I don't know if she's Becky or Karen at this point, all up on old boy and his mama had to lift her up and move her on to the side. Listen, I, you know, you sent me a, a, a comedy piece that a young man did, and I think he said it the best. I won't use the language that he used, but y'all showing out for who? Women don't watch the draft. I love football, but I didn't watch the draft. A whole bunch of women not watching the draft. Dudes are watching the draft. So who are you showing out for? They have people, like he said, designated folks that go out and find chicks for your man. You didn't have to do that. Cause so, yo, these girls know who the that dude is. They know that all, off top. So all this hugging and kissing and trying to, to, to dominate and show where you, you know, your place in the sun, have your spot in the sun, girl, next week, it's going to be a different story. Mm -hmm. And we have actually been to a few of those games as well as to the Super Bowl. And trust and believe. It's a whole situation. <laughs> Jamin and Leonard, what say you about 
the the girlfriends and the mothers go wild at the draft. Um, I'm just, you know, it's just funny to watch our culture and you know play out, you know, so myriad of different fashions, right? Um, I think that is what we call today is clout chasing. Mm. Um, um, and I don't even think it's a really about holding on to this young man and, you know, getting married and starting a, this dynasty of a family. It's truly about, hey, I've been trying, I've been holding on to this guy to get this moment in the fame and moment in the shine, or I'm going to get some money and get something out of this. And now's the time, and it's draft day. So they going for broke. <laughs> I'm just proud of some mamas that's like, I ain't, we ain't having that. Not today. Not you today. Not, not clout chasing on my side. I know that's right. I know that's right. Litter, what about you? I, honestly, I didn't even get a chance to watch the draft. Um, and I just heard like small bits and pieces of it. I didn't really have the opportunity like to really like focus or like actually see the clip. Um, but I mean, hey, I mean, mama's got to protect investments, you know. Um, <laughs> it's, and <laughs> now well, it's not the time. Yeah, so. No truer words have been spoken, but my favorite of all the memes that I saw was the meme of Russell Wilson and his girlfriend on the night of the draft, who did go on to become his wife and he later divorced. But the meme was a picture of her and her jubilation with the caption, she never saw Sierra coming. <laughs> that would be my message to all the girlfriends out there. Keep your eyes open, sis, because it ain't going to last very long. I thought I mean, she was so excited. She walked like she had just won a billion dollars the way she was screaming. She was more excited than Russell Wilson was in that picture. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Well, let's go on to the next hot topic. And this one is very, very unfortunate. As you know, we're still in the midst of a global pandemic, but there was a house party in Chicago um, that we've seen footage now on social media where over a thousand people gathered. And I don't know, I don't even have words right now, but I'm going to throw it to you gentlemen first. What were your thoughts when you saw those images? Leonard, you want to go first? I'll take a, yeah, I'll go at it. Um, is this unfortunate? Um, this, I mean, it's a, it's a very serious moment. And then I real, you realize moments like this is that there's still like a lack of education um, out there in the community. Um, even with the social media, I think it kind of, you know, simplifies this pandemic, you know, with the memes and things of that nature. So sometimes people of the younger generation don't take it as serious. Um, but, um, I just thought it was just unfortunate, but I mean, I don't, I don't know what else there is to say, but besides that, um, I wish we could do better, but, um, and I think there's lessons to be learned from this, you know, you know, we got to start taking this more seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's about it. Okay. What about you, Jamin? I mean, I, I, for one, I'm, I'm hella paranoid over all this whole pandemic, right? You know, even though the restrictions are starting to ease, people are trying to get back to some routines of norm. But for me, it's like I'm a father and protecting my children, and my mother's older is my number one priority. So I'm just hyper vigilant right now about the whole term just being, you know, focused on the quarantine. I'm like, we're quarantined. We ain't staying at home. We Nobody come here, stay away. Mm -hmm. um, so I might be doing a little much in that protector role. But, you know, just try. sometimes I try to put myself back in my shoes when I was a little bit younger, a little more, um, you know, as Leonard would tell you, uh, random, as they would call, a little more hyper 
You know, it's like you wanted to do something, you need to be in the mix. It was just an energy inside that, you know, you wanted to connect with your people. So I, I would imagine the majority of those thousand people were young folks um, and dealing in times where, you know, a crisis, you know, it's a heightened crisis, right? So you need some something, you need to be able a release. Um, now, this wasn't safe and it wasn't the smart thing to do, but I, so I can understand it. You know, it, it could happen in any community, it could happen in any group of people. It just happened to be ours. Yeah. And sister, are they any different than the people who are gathering in protests? I mean, of course, you know, we it's it's a house party in Chicago. So it's people who look like us. But are they any different than the people who are gathering hundreds of people who are gathering with, um, you know, masks on and wearing masks, all manners of incorrectly um, that are gathering in protests because they want their freedoms, too? Well, are they any different in theory? No, but are they positioned differently? Yes. And I think that's also a part that we have to always take into consideration. Look, I have in my neighborhood, when I go out walking, I have seen groups of white folks having a birthday party. You know, normally the party is like supposed to be in the street and you're supposed to be at the front door. No, everybody's in the street, had a food truck, everything. So I've seen that happen too, but that isn't what's being um, showcased. What's being showcased is them protesting because absolutely they are being oppressed by this system of injustice that doesn't allow them to get a haircut or play golf. So that's almost like slavery, right? So, I mean, that's the kind of, that's how it'll be positioned for them. Like they are doing it as patriots of this country where we're just, trying to have fun and, 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 and show out and, and party. Now, my issue with the Chicago thing, and I've only seen the video that you sent to me, is it looks like it's an apartment with 12,000 people in it. And I don't see how that's, that is fun under any circumstance. Now, you know, we have a whole song about hole in the wall. You have been to one or I two. I have been to plenty holes in the okay. wall. Come and, on I, and I have been to plenty of holes in the wall, not during an, uh, a pandemic, A, but B, I still need to, to count. The, you know, there has to be a certain ratio of individuals <laughs> and space. And, and I also think even in this time, I mean, this sadly, even when I go like to the movie theaters and things like that, if I'm in a place that I haven't ever been before, I mean, I, I have to find the exit. I need to have an exit strategy and find the exit. So with all those people in that house, y'all ain't had no exit strategy. Like pandemic aside, let somebody had drop a ash from a cigarette or a blunt and or and something caught a fire. Mm -hmm. How y'all were gonna get out? Mm -hmm. So it's it, it just silly. Well, let this it kind of ties into what this next hot topic is. And, you know, one of our friends, Mr. Van Jones, has gotten into um, I don't know if he put his foot in his mouth or it's just, you know, Van, Van Jones being Van Jones. But it's kind of in line and in vain with what the Surgeon General said, you know, about this this responsibility and how we have to change our behaviors as black people. Now, behaviors are going to a house party, I certainly understand. But in terms of the health behaviors and those social determinants of health, that's where we kind of have a little bit of departure. And I know, you know, let's face it, the American diet is not the best diet. The American community is obese and has a higher rate of cancer and heart disease and diabetes. 
regardless of your race. Now, yes, as African-Americans, we have uh, more disparate outcomes as it relates to those. But the condition of the American society from a health standpoint, it sucks. But why are we are the only ones who are being asked to be socially um, responsible? I don't know who wants to take that first. Well, I can jump in first. I will say this. So first of all, um, some people just don't like Van Jones. Let's just call a spade a spade. They don't like Van Jones and they don't want to hear from Van Jones. And they don't want to be infantilized or, or, or chastised or looked down upon from, especially from, from the wealthy. They feel like you're sitting you know, atop your ivory tower looking down upon us and telling us we need to exercise and we need to do this. Now he used the term we in his op-ed. And he definitely included himself in being 50 years old and having um, high cholesterol and different things like that. So he definitely tried to personalize the situation, but folks don't see you as one of us anymore. Not everybody, but a lot of people don't see you as one of us, Van Jones. They don't feel like you have our struggles. So it it, it kind of reminded me, and, I, and you and I have talked about this in the past, when uh, Bill Cosby had his whole rant about hooked on phonics. Bruh, you... Telling a, a, a mother, you shouldn't spend $200 on Jordans, but you should spend that on hooked on phonics. Well, how is that different from a family who makes $100,000, $200,000 a year, and they, but they in $500,000 in debt? But you don't ever see the finger wagging at those people. So about like, yeah, you maybe you shouldn't have bought that Mercedes. Maybe you should have bought a Toyota Prius or Honda Accord, like you don't do the same finger wagging. So I think that's the problem with people that people had with Van Jones. Now, what were his sentiments correct? Do we have to be accountable for our own health? Yes. And um, as I stated on somebody else's page, I think maybe the problem is we don't start from the place of we know the system is racist. We know the system is not set up for us. So if you expect for white folks to come and save you, they're not. So you better save yourself. Maybe that's the position where we need to start. This is not about us saying, trying to make people feel bad, but like I went to Home Depot yesterday. I had on my mask. I saw a woman who, a white woman, easily 300 pounds. She didn't have a mask or anything on. But at the end of the day, if she gets sick and I get sick, the system was still set up to want to care for her very differently than it cares for me. Mm -hmm. So that's why we got to be accountable for ourselves. Okay. All right. Which one of you gentlemen want to tackle that? You know, I'll say a lot of people make the comment that black people are not a monolith, right? That we are too a myriad of shades and thoughts and perspectives and ideas. And, and I agree with that. I know that to be true, but I also know that you you are how people see you, you know, with, your, with your perceived value. So the, uh, those who are not us perceive us as one, right? They perceive us mm -hmm. all being the same. And I think what Van Jones stepped into um, purposely or uh, 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 by mistake was that this old where we respectability where we, kind of positive where we have to police ourselves twice as hard, right? To be you have to work twice as hard to be just as good as them. Um, so, and I think that has transcended the workplace. It's transcended all our home values. It's transcended what we watch in entertainment. You know, there was a, a debate going on this past week about, you know, in the, the show Black as Fuck, excuse me, Black AF, in terms of, you know, the the, the what what was 
the, the, the vision of the black family being shown there was shame on you guys for doing that and having these cursing at the kids and doing that. That's not us. And that's not, that's not how you, we raised our house. So I'm like, but this man said the story was about his life and he's mm -hmm. black. So why is it not us? He's a part. So um, I think we just too are too hard on ourselves. We don't give ourselves the same space. And I think that's because we have this great thing called black culture. Uh, and no disrespect, but white folks don't have a white culture, so to say, right? So there's not really something to, that they're protecting versus we, we have this great special thing we call black culture that's full, full of so many different, uh, I couldn't even begin to describe it. And so it's so valuable and it's so precious that we kind of protect it and we all kind of the overseers of it. And so we're all kind of policing ourselves and sometimes we get a little too caught off in that and we don't, we don't give ourselves the same uh, freedom to be that we get others given to us. Mm -hmm. that yeah. You mentioned Black AF, and that's a whole nother commentary. And if you all haven't watched the show, I say watch it is definitely worth the watch. But some of the commentary, so you're looking at myself and you're looking at my sister. This is my biological sister. There was even commentary talking about how the hue of the people in the family, how that how how could they possibly be? And oh, how could um Vanessa and not Vanessa and Sandra and you know think going hearkening to the Cosby family that that family makeup well how could they have those have had those different hues and I was like are we still having this conversation in the year of our Lord 2020 <laughs> it's about time that we stop but Nicole has a comment here I think it's very interesting she said well they say you can't be pro-black and sleep white that is a comment from Mr. Van Jones I would say say oh, well. <laughs> uh, yes uh talking about you know getting into the healthcare um where we're talked to different and we're advised differently mm -hmm. you know and that all of those things have an, uh, an impact on what the outcomes um what the outcomes come um yeah and so and we have another comment here said don't shoot the messenger and so yeah i mean it, it's very very interesting um you know, but again, I think, like you said, we're not a monolith. We all see things very differently and we need to give ourselves room for that. And to your point about our culture, I think that's what makes our culture rich is it's like a pot of gumbo and not clear broth soup. How about that? That's yeah. I I'll just say chicken noodle, but I mean, I don't Chicken noodle has a couple little different ingredients. You know, you got a little chicken, got a little carrot and celery noodles. You know, you got. You're talking about chicken noodle that you cook. The 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 canned chicken noodle is pretty not great. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, well, thank you guys for indulging us in the conversation around the hot topics. But we wanted the purpose of this show tonight is really to talk about you. So tell us. Who is the black company, black coffee company, and why did you get started? Um, I'll say we are a family. We are brothers. We from different mothers. Uh, we have a shared uh, cultural experience, even though we were raised in different households in different cities. Often, we came together in junior high and high school and college. Uh, but really, it was the world that showed us that we had to be together in order to succeed. Uh, we've traveled the world. We've had so much fun, done all-star weekends, those parties with a thousand people packed. You, 
couple decades ago, you would have found us up in there packed with them too. Um, Hopefully not in a 200 square foot box. But. I'm not going to <laughs> anybody or anything. I'm just going to say we've all made some mistakes, right? <laughs> um, I won't say they're mistakes. We've all learned lessons. Yeah, they're, they're lessons, right? Um, so mm -hmm. when we've learned, so amongst our journey, we learned that we needed to band together and stick together. And it was one trip in specific that kind of crystallized that. When we took a trip to Detroit, Michigan uh, in 2015, Leonard's younger brother was receiving his PhD in electrical engineering from Michigan State University. And as a family, we came to support him and cheer him on and just be together. And it was on this trip when we uh, had an opportunity to go visit the Motown Museum. Uh, and we, so we took, you know, it was the first time I'd ever been there. It was something I thought would be a great, a great experience for myself, but I didn't realize how impactful it would be for our families and us going forward. We learned that, you know, Barry Gordy, we all know his story with Motown Records and all the hits, bills, and all the things that came out of his great work and how he shaped culture. But we really don't hear about how Barry Gordy was able to start that record label because he borrowed money from the family savings and loan that his mother and father started for his, their entire family when they were just, when he was just, just a child. His family realized that they weren't going to get favorable loans and interest rates or lending and opportunities or investors for them to start their uh, ventures or nonprofits, their uh, you know the artistry. So they said they were going to stick together and they were going to collectively pull their financial resources so that they could build their own platforms and businesses. And thankfully, they did that. So Barry Gordy was able to launch his record label. For us, when we learned that story, it was just like uh, it was. You know, a moment of, of spark where we realized that we could do the same, we could follow the same business model. It was more we had a, a collective of us. If we pulled our dues uh, every month, but within a year, we'd have a pot of money that we could do a lot of things with. Um, so that was in 2015. In 2016, we launched Backpack Investments. It was our investment club that we pulled our dues in every month uh, and we researched financial markets so we could understand how to make our money work for us so we could get passive income. Um, and after a few years of researching different markets and learning about different areas of the economy, Leonard had a great idea. And I'll let him share that. He had, he had to cleanse his palate because he's ready yeah. to talk. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so like Jamie mentioned, like we was doing the investment club for a few years and um, something, we were, we were friends, but during these times where we had these investment calls, we started to become financially intimate. Like it was, we was learning about the stock market, but we was also sharing stories amongst each other about student loan debt, should we buy a new car, life insurance. Like, oh, this was kind of a void that we was missing um, within our household growing up. And we saw a lot of power in the fact that we were sharing. And, um, and then from there, it was like, we should launch a company of some sort that we could have um, this dialogue. Uh, so we had tons of ideas and then it was one day we was all on the call and um, I think three out of the five of us was drinking coffee. We was like, hey, coffee, that's everywhere. It's easy. It's not like something we got to overly explain. Um, everybody knows what coffee is. We did research. We kind of treated it just like a, a class project. It was like, all right, let's, this is a real idea. Um, let's just give ourselves two weeks. Everybody do research um, on this particular industry. Um, and then after two weeks, we found out, you know, coffee is the number two commodity in the world, right behind number one, behind oil. And then Brandon was the one that was like, hey, I'm tired of brainstorming. Let's just go with this. Fell fast. Um, and that was in 2018, February. And now we're in 2020. 
Go ahead. No, you. Oh, but that yeah. was December 2017. But you no, know, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I mean, we officially launched the Black Coffee Company in February 2018, um, and we've been going ever since. All right, that's awesome. So what do you particularly do with the black coffee company? So, you know, I mean, you know, like you said, you coffee is everywhere, right? You can buy coffee anywhere and everywhere. So, you know, why your coffee over any other coffee? I guess I'll go ahead and take that question. So um, in terms of what we provide, so we sell fresh organic coffee beans. Um, we source from various countries. Right now, we're featured coffee from Brazil, um, Ethiopia, Kenya, and then we have our special espresso blend that we use. We source from a variety of different um, companies. But uh, what makes our coffee unique is that it is single origin. So all of our coffee comes from a particular region, like our Ethiopian comes from a farm, a single farm in Ethiopia, whereas some of your big box brands usually comes from a variety of different places um, and not just the single origin. And that gives that unique um, flavor profile. Like a lot of the coffees from, you know, Africa have a more fruity uh, flavor. And some of the ones that's from, you know, South America have more of the chocolatey um, taste. Um, so with our coffee, you know, single origin, fair trade, um, organic coffee, um, you're able to ex ex um, experience this unique profiles of the different coffees. And it's not just this generic, um, like black um, <laughs> liquid that you drink and then you add all the cream and sugar. So that, that's where the name came from is that we wanted people to really experience this uniqueness of just having your coffee black. We know it's not for everybody, but you, I didn't appreciate it until I started to get into this specialty coffee. Um, some of it is not great, but you do appreciate the different flavor profiles and not just adding cream and sugar and it just kind of just tastes like some nice um, white, milky type drink um so um so with so that's the actual coffee i'll let jamin kind of tie in the community aspect you know and so with the uniqueness of our coffee uh that kind of the cornerstone of our business um but we really it was about the uniqueness of our brand in that black coffee as itself and in black people we are something that we felt is special and that our experience that we are having in this time in the world and in America today is unique. And it's a shared experience that folks that see our values or share some of the values that we have are experiencing as well. We knew that when we started this venture, it had to be something that was authentically us, right? We couldn't come up with something that was, uh, we were just trying to get rich quick, whether we're selling you, uh, you know, phones or what have you, right? Whatever product, whatever um, service that we got behind, it had to represent our ideals and our value. And thankfully, you found that in Black Coffee. It's pure, it's rich, it has uh, a deep history to it. And if you if you drink it as it's intended to, it actually has some health benefits for it. And that's to us, that was just boiling down the essence of us as Black people and Black culture. Uh, so it was something for me when we discovered all this, it was double down on it. It was like, okay, we're the Black Coffee Company, uh, mm -hmm. but we're not gonna provide you Black Coffee beans. We're gonna have dope merch that we feel, uh, represents our culture. We're gonna sell you products, you know, that you feel that you can brand and you feel that you're empowered when you're consuming our beverages. We're gonna partner with uh, like-minded folks. If they're selling tea, we're gonna make sure that if their tea is something that we can get behind, we're gonna put it, our brand on it, we're gonna put it in our web store and make sure that we promote it and support it along with other, a host of other products. Uh, but that was just the beginning. 
really we're just getting in i feel like we're just really getting into our groove and providing the real value is the community aspect that leonard was mentioning uh, we have a wide network of artists professionals creatives doctors engineers lawyers real estate agents uh, event planners if you name it there's somebody in our direct community and we actually have a group on facebook called the black coffee community uh, and it's just a wide network of special folks that are coming together, sharing resources, sharing information. We have our, well, we just started, we're, we're about to complete the season one of our podcast called the Black Coffee Community Conversations. Uh, and we've had different experts come on from a wide variety of fields to talk about what they're experiencing in the world today, where they see opportunities for us that we as all as collectively, how we could all benefit. Uh, and as this is given, and really, all the opportunities that we've had and all the success, all the sales growth that we've seen has been because our community has really, community has really gotten behind us and supported us. Uh, so it was incumbent upon us to make sure that we always intentionally reinvest in that community. So from day one, we get, get well, let's say donating a percentage of our proceeds to different organizations that we felt represented our people and were doing good works. And that list has grown to uh, dozens of different entities. And I'll let Leonard share a little bit more about that. But yeah, we have a comment here. It says, you speak in my language. You have a new customer. This is hey. a fellow baby, right? Dr. Larissa. Hey, Dr. Larissa. Hey, Thanks Dr. for Larissa. Yeah, we had another question. And I think Brandon has handled it. Someone's inquiring about investment opportunities. So, you know, we're all here to grow together, right? That's what it's all about. So, Leonard, go ahead and expound on that last point that Jamin was making. Kind of lost my train of thought. What was that we're working with, like math for success? Okay, okay, yeah. Oh yeah. So, so one of the the things, you know, from day one, we always wanted to reinvest. So, like the very first dollars that we got in, we immediately reinvested it back into the community. We was in dread, but we we felt it was necessary for us to have our presence and kind of show support financially, not just you know say yes we support you but we wanted to you know back our back up with our dollars so we've been aggressively supporting people because we felt like as a community this is something that's needed this like the blind trust and faith in an organization especially as a startup so one of the first things that we invested in was math for success which is um my brother's company um he actually left his job and he launched you know uh private online you know math tutoring services out in the detroit area and he's been doing that for a year plus and that's actually growing um and so uh, another organization that we partnered up with is called humanity 360 and this is a group of sisters um they're actually out promoting mental health they're on a 50 state tour um going you know state to state doing these joy jams you know providing services and resources for mental health for our community. Uh, so we sell their merchandise on our website and we donate all the proceeds to them to make sure that they're taken care of while they're on the road, you know, doing this great work for us. Um, we also invested in um, Code 313, which is a computer-based um, programming um, program or um, service. I think he's a fellow alum at Xavier alum as well. I'm trying to think of some other entities. Um, we got a, an upcoming partnership uh, with a medical nonprofit that's um, geared towards getting minorities into medical schools. So from day one, we've been all about partnership. We didn't know what it looked like, but we was like, we got to do this and we got to just figure it out. And I think that's one of the 
the best things that's uh, kind of blossomed from this is I think collectively we wouldn't have done this, but because it's five of us, we, when we get together, we, we become this fearless group. Um, all it takes is one of us to kind of say, let's do it. And the rest of us kind of get behind them and we push forward. So I, I'm really, truly blessed to have these brothers and on this journey. That's fantastic. Sister, what questions do you have? Well, what, first, I was going to say that's awesome. Um, Nicole uh, made a comment that it's like wine. People do not realize the complexity of coffee. And that's something that I was going to actually echo as well. You know, um, coffee is, is not something that you, I mean, theoretically, you should be drinking it black. And um, when you start putting all the other stuff in it to make it taste good. And look, I, I, I'm a, a Starbucks um person but when you start doing all of that to it you really are taken away from it in a lot of ways so um so i just i, I thought about that because I, I thought about the transition from like college when you think you're drinking wine and you think it's good and you know that it's crap <laughs> until when you get older and you actually learn something more about wine so but but because that's not something that people just know when you guys started, how did you uh, sort of assign who was going to do what? Who was going to research about beans? How were you going to figure out what's a, a, a quality coffee blend versus something, like you said, single former? How did y'all divvy up the assignments? Well, I'll say thankfully that is kind of a practice that we developed and we uh, got in a groove with when we started our investment club. We, we intentionally gave ourselves homework assignments every month and we had to research different sectors of the markets and then come back to our collective and present. It didn't have to be anything like an essay, but you know, make sure you bring jot down some information and we'll discuss it as a team and move forward. And now you, we've all synthesized the information that we've individually gone out and collected. Uh, and then we did the same thing with the coffee company. Leonard mm -hmm. went after the beans from day one. He went out and developed some great relationships with roasters uh, and got to understand the different flavor profiles and how they're imported. Um, I went to work discovering how to make this a dope brand. What can we figure out? How can we bring together all the elements that reflected what was authentically us? Uh, and, every, and everybody stepped up from different aspects of the team, from researching the different products that we brought together, from understanding the different events and opportunities that we were going to be forecasting, from hell even taking care of understanding our taxes and getting that straight. Everybody contributed. And that was mm -hmm. in the blessing about the Black Coffee Company when we combined all our powers we created something that I feel our children will be able to benefit from. Very nice. That's beautiful. Now, let me ask this question because there are a lot of people out there who have these thoughts, who have these ideas, who want to start something, right? Um, but they're still doing their day job, right? Um, so how do you do both? Like, how, how you, how do you come together as this collective? Because all of you went to Xavier University. You did not major in coffee, right? <laughs> this <laughs> that was not what the that's not what you thought how this path was gonna go. And that happens to a lot of us. You know, we kind of start out one path and then we explore, we learn more about ourselves. Um, and then you had that spark of inspiration when you were in um in Hitsville doing that tour. So what are you, you know, this is, is passion. Where is this on a level of passion project versus this is your nine to five? Great question. So, I mean, honestly, we all have nine to fives. Um, but I mean, how do we do it? We communicate a lot. Um, groups, group me, emails, calling each other up. Um, honestly, you know, 
I think our, our spouses may be a little jealous uh, or, uh, you know, we, we do communicate a lot with each other. Um, and as things started to ramp up, um, we've been forced to communicate a lot, lot more just to kind of make sure things is running smoothly as a company. Uh, but it's all good. I think it is worth the sacrifice. And this is something that we didn't initially anticipate. I mean, like you said, initially, this may be just a passion project. We didn't realize the magnitude of entrepreneurship. You know, like I heard, I think Damon, John, um, the founder of FUBU had mentioned that, you know, you trade in your nine to five to work, you know, 80 hours a week versus 40, right? You know, so that's what entrepreneurship is about. And I think it's something that we're learning to try to figure out how to balance and do over time. And we've always been open you know, we share our experiences, you know, we communicate with our spouses, with our family, the things that we're going through to trying to balance this entrepreneurship, nine to five, family. And it's, it's, it's a challenge, honestly, but, you know, we, we, we're dedicated to this and um, it's sort of like our lifestyle now. And, and we're mm -hmm. learning and we're hoping to share this with everybody else so that they know this aspect of it before launching a business. Well, your partners are chiming here in the comments. So I want to um, kind of bring those up on the screen here. It says grind it out and rely on family and friends to help us, which is very important. Um, many hands um, make light work. That's Jamin Butler. I guess he's quoting you on that one. Uh, I don't know who was the originator. We can't attribute that. <laughs> so, but I honestly stole that quote from Leonard, but I think he stole it too. Oh, okay. So yeah, he. Yeah, so you, but it, it obviously it's become a part of your culture. Um, it says we're able to split the work up that helps us carry the load. And then I love, um, you know, Larissa saying accountability. We got to get back to our power lunches. D. She's talking to me. <laughs> yes, we do have to get back to our power lunches. But it is all about um, what magic can happen when we come together. And when we have shared um, values and goals. So talk a little bit about your core values, because that's, you know, what you guys are doing is kind of what we're trying to do with Hey Sister. And so we just love um, how you're figuring out and making it work, because that is also part of the process. You know, uh, Apple did not become Apple overnight. So I love it. So tell us about your core values. Mary, do you want to take it? Uh, sure. So in, in short, our three core values is, you know, entrepreneurship. You know, we would like, you know, the pursuit and the practice of entrepreneurship. The second one is community empowerment. Um, we, we realized from day one that we cannot do this alone. We have to have a community um, and we're very big on just working together. And that's what Black Coffee kind of symbolizes as a whole. The fact that we're in distributed across the US and we're still able to execute this execute this um, business. And then the third one is financial freedom. We felt that, you know, to be successful in life in general, you got to have good financial um, habits and, and wellness um, overall. And I think Jamin, he could do a better job at tying them all together. <laughs> so that what Leonard just described is our success model. Those three core values, when you combine them when you have an entrepreneurial mindset that means you're open to trying new things you're about getting the job done you're not setting yourself to be the confines of i work nine to five i go wait to my boss tell me what to do and i get a check if you get out of that mindset because truly it's holding us back if you don't have multiple streams of income you are losing unless you're the richest one unless you hit gold on that first one and few of us are kobe or jordan or all these 
you know, elites, right? We got to get it out the mud. So Unless we, your daddy just, you know, gives you $400 million along the, your lifetime and you could become president <laughs> of the United States, but I'll leave that right there. That's enough. So that's a whole nother conversation we can get into. But yes, yeah, so, but, but if you have an entrepreneurial mindset, if you realize that you can create something from nothing, then you realize that you can do that for yourself. You start doing it for other people. You empower them. You allow them to come in and see what you're doing and experience the growth and success because it's a passion. And I hope that that's what's been conveyed from all of us is that we love to do this. And then that becomes infectious. So if you have an entrepreneurial mindset and you begin empowering the community, folks can then strive for financial freedom. And hopefully you'll be doing that in the, from the first step, making sure you have a budget, making sure you have money saved, making sure you're spending less than you earn. There's just a few foundational principles that can help you have a better life. Well, we're not thinking, it's not about us. It's not getting rich for us. This whole the black coffee company, backpack investments, none of it was about getting rich or being famous. It was about, like Leonard said, having a lifestyle for us. We developed a success model that would work for us and for our family so that we could feel we get up every day and we're adding value to our lives versus just getting on that circle and spinning. Yeah. So we created this success model. If you have an entrepreneurial mindset, you have the strong financial freedom, you are now empowering the community and it works in tandem together. And I absolutely love that. And, you know, on, on my watch party, our financial advisor, she chimed in and she said she loves your core values. They're spot on. And you're absolutely right. The entrepreneurship mindset um, leads to uh, financial freedom and ultimately empowerment for yourself and for your community. So um, we have a question here in a uh, I want to bring it up. Um, let's see. Even though they are family, they, do they have a contract that states specific roles, categories, authorities, salary, company percentages, etc.? So here's the thing about family. This is about family of choosing, Miss Rico, because these are brothers by different mothers, right? They're not biological brothers, but they share in the, the bond of um, their shared experience. So Talk about that part. How did you structure this company? Because we know we have seen families um, torn apart. We've seen lesser, um, you know, just companies fall apart because of those type of um, decisions not being clearly outlined. Who wants to take that one? I'll go ahead and take it. Um, so how we're structured, we're structured as an LLC and there's five co-founders and we split this across evenly five ways. Um, we did it purposely, not for the sake of just to divide it out, but to make sure that everybody is accountable, more, most than anything. Uh, when you have equity or something, it gives you a sense of ownership and pride. It wasn't just about saying I own pieces of Black Coffee Company and that's it, uh, but we want to make sure that all of us was accountable for this. And from day one, our friendship and our family is above this actual company here. This is just, you know, something that we decided. Uh-oh, the connection slowed down on us. I'll okay. jump in. And there you go, there you go. Okay, Jane. Okay. Well, Brandon also typed in the comment here. It says, not yet. We're working on employees and operations amongst the four of us. And we have all those measures in place. But I love that you clearly you uh, your relationship. You've, you already made the decision that your relationship is the foundation. Right. And that that's going to that's paramount. So, Jamin, go ahead and finish your thought. 
I was saying, no, so it's a, you know, we share, it's a shared responsibility because it's at the end, I feel like, you know, we too often in our communities that we shy away from, don't do business with friends, right? Oh, don't do business with friends. It's messy. It's not easy. It's not hard. That's self-defeat. Like you're speaking that into existence. Majority of companies that are launched or started or started amongst groups of people who are friends and familiar with each other. Who would you start a business with? A stranger? Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that we, it's, it's about having those uncomfortable conversations. So we have an operating agreement that we established before we, once, before we, once we decided we would go into business. So it kind of outlines different roles, um, but things have evolved since then. Times have changed and that needs to be updated. Um, and we do need to have some type of succession planning, say something happens to us one day, uh, God forbid. But that, those are things that we've, we do keep on top of mind. But I felt that, you know, like Leonard said, this bond that we have is what keeps us accountable, right? Because any what's the separate between regular partners who have a disagreement and they go sue each other? What separates us is that we have this relationship that we can't just go to the court system because now you're destroying more than the business. It's about you're destroying this relationship, which we value more. Um, so that's why we continue to state the family aspect because it's very important. Mm-hmm. It's the foundation. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I really appreciate that. Um, we have a, a comment here from uh, Randall McHenry. It says, from an XU National Alumni Association perspective, we appreciate that they have decided to set a standard of giving back to Xavier and a profound and provided a profound example of entrepreneurial success and community service. And, you know, one of the things that I heard you say earlier, and this is, you know, something we talk about all the time, you know, success is not always just measured in dollars and cents. Like he said, this is not about a get rich thing, but in enriching the community and building the legacy for the child, your children. And um, as a Barry Gordy, we know Barry Gordy for his work. We don't know much about his mother or his father, but they laid that foundation for him to become who he became, right? So what are you teaching? Who has kids and what are you teaching your children about black coffee? Leonard has the most, so he should go first. (laughs) Yeah, so I have three kids, um, six, four, and two. So they're they're little, but um, but, but they, they, they realize what black coffee is. They know the, the logo. They could read the words. They know exactly what it is. Um, my six-year-old is like, man, you're taking pictures again for black coffee. So, I mean, I love it because they see it out the gate, you know, day one that they can do this. Um, we wasn't, you know, we didn't have the opportunity to kind of firsthand see what, you know, entrepreneurship um, looks like firsthand. Um, you know, our parents work nine to five. And that was like kind of all that we knew. Um, it's no fault to them. That was just the way things were at the time. I mean, that was like the the, the gold standard, right? Get the nine it's to five. American dream. We've been all it's told, American right? Dream. You know, yeah. house two point five kids, right? The landscape has changed now. Um, with the, even from the structure of the four hundred one k and all that, that kind of allowed you know forced us to kind of have these multiple streams of income because you know the four hundred one k is like you got to manage your own retirement. And with that, you got to make sure you got multiple streams of income. You can't just rely on a pension. So, I mean, we understand the landscape and we were lucky enough to notice that. And so we want to make sure we provide our children the best opportunity. And we felt that launching this business was the way to do it instead of just kind of just teaching them or telling them to do it. But we kind of showed them from day one that you can do this. Be flexible. We don't know what the landscape is going to look like for you. 
when you get older, college may not even be a thing, but you gotta be flexible. You gotta have that entrepreneurship mindset that Jamin mentioned that you can survive and thrive in this world. It's gonna change. So um, that, that was the reason why we, we launched this. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Me, I have a 14-year-old, uh, and it's just been a blessing to see. Like, she lights up when she gets, she's like, am I working this weekend? She comes, am I working this weekend? Am I working this weekend? Because uh, she wants to come to the pop-ups, and sometimes, like, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, she's an intern, and it's, she learns, she's, and she grinds, and she likes it, and she enjoys it. She's very creative. So to be, like, I, I don't going to be morbid, but if I go today or tomorrow, I feel like I've set that example that you can't say that you didn't have. Like, you know what it's about. Now, what choices you make when you get older, that's going to be on you. But you can't say you didn't have it and you didn't understand from a fundamental uh, building block how to be a self-starter. And, you know, they always say that Black folks, you need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, and so we get, you know, critical of that. And I think that's kind of back to what we were talking about, Van Jones. But what's wrong with pulling yourself up, right? It's good if you can get help. That's nothing wrong with help. But if you can pull yourself up, drop, try, because it's an empowering feeling and it, it allows you to pull others up with you. Mm -hmm. uh, being able to teach our children that is just a guide. Well, I think one of the great examples, one of the things that's powerful for me, and so um, I, I hosted this brunch yesterday with my company. And one of the things as we got off, we talked about all the people, it was a virtual brunch yesterday, and all the people with their experience and one person encapsulated it at the end was very powerful. See, all of you bring something to the table, right? Is that you, you, if we do it together, it's not a heavy lift, right? So you might have boots. I might not have boots, but if we pull our resources out, you might be able to pass yours on to me and you, when you get your new pair, and there's nothing wrong with that. And so just that coming together is so very powerful. And I love how you all came together and you started with an investment club and teaching yourself and learning about not only about what the money you have, but what that money can do for you if you um, invest it wisely. Right. You know, I don't know, sister, what are your thoughts about about that bootstrapping mentality and how we might need to re rethink how that bootstrapping work? Because we really all if we all, you know, join forces, we have everything we need within our community collectively. Sister. Muted. Uh, we can't hear you, sister. What happened? I don't know. Okay, she's going to refresh and come back. Like, I'll let one of y'all comment on that. <laughs> and I just feel that it, it's... So we. The, I go back and forth about the whole hand up thing, right? Because it's demonized. I'm going to hand up. Like, well, people need a hand up sometimes. There's nothing wrong with a hand out or hand. But, you know, we should try to not just give somebody something try to teach them something, provide them the resources so that they can then later pull themselves up. It's mm -hmm. not always giving, giving, giving. Here, get hand out, hand out. So can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Okay. I have just been trying to ask a question for the last 30 minutes. So thank you. <laughs> I wanted to go back because you all did mention about Brandon saying fail fast. And you mentioned about your friendship. Rico brought up trust. 
And obviously you say you put the family, you elevate family above all else. So that's why your fr friendship and relationships can stay intact. However, there's still five of y'all. And of the five of y'all, I'm sure each one of you also, like you're not each other's only friends. You have other friends, you have other family members, you have maybe fraternity brothers, I don't know. How did you all know that you five were the right pieces for this puzzle? We didn't. Okay. Facts, facts, facts. Um, like, like, like we mentioned in the story, it started with the investment club. We had no clue how it was gonna turn out. It was just an idea, you know, then we decided on the dues, $50 a month. And then it was like, okay, it's $50 here, $50 here. I was like, okay, it's starting to grow. Um, we're starting to become more comfortable. But I think it was those being financially intimate. I think that took it another level. The fact mm -hmm. that we was committed to having these calls every two weeks. Now we meet a lot more frequently, but we would get together every two weeks, you know, come back together, you know, do the, the monthly dues, starting to learn more about, you know, the financial or just the whole overall um, about the about the person, about the about each member, right? Because we're distant, but during these calls, we got to learn about, you know, everybody's children, um, you know, if they're having you no know, issues with their spouse or family, like we became really, really close. And over time, we built trust. We didn't realize we was doing this. We was just like, hey, this is our weekly call. And then it's like, oh, you know, Randy, how, how's everything going? Uh, you know, and things of that nature. And from there, we was like, I think this is very, very powerful. We got to find a way to like really um, share this with the world. It's not about us, but we, we felt there was a lot of power in just sharing these stories, having these dialogues. You know, we encourage people to have these conversations over coffee. That's kind of one of the reasons why coffee came into the picture. Um, but it's a lot of power in this. And we was like, let's do this. It's not about us. And then as our, we start to have children, we realize, oh, this is about them. It's about the community. And um, so that's that passion that Jamin mentioned that we're all kind of, we, we have. We didn't realize we had this passion um, until we was kind of tossing out ideas and there was all passion, or like community oriented, right? Tutoring services, things of that nature. It was all about giving back a backpack drive and things of that nature. Um, so we've just been able over time, build trust and, you know, been able to execute this and launch this company. Very good. Very Love good. that. Do you have another question, sister? Sister says we didn't hear you for 30 minutes. You said... <laughs> No, I don't necessarily have another question. I think that the the idea that you started again from the investment club and that allowed you to have our investment company allowed you to create that level of discipline. I, I think that's awesome. I think the story of your friendship superseding because you're right. Very often it does feel like it's daunting to go into business sometimes with family members and friends, especially as Rico alluded to not having all of those legal documents, if you will, in place, because, you know, handshake agreements, sometimes people forget the details of the handshake when, you know, bigger issues bubble up. So I think you guys have um, definitely set an exceptional model, something that has gotten me thinking about my friends and what can we do together? And, uh, and I guess if the old saying goes, I can tell a lot about you by the company you keep, it sounds like you guys are in great company with each other.
you know, just to kind of piggyback on that one, I like the one, the new, my new one, my new one I like to say is your network is your network. That's right. So I'm just a regular guy from Inglewood, California. I got a nice nine to five, got a little money to say, I ain't nothing, right? Nobody. But you can't tell me my folks ain't special because my boy right here works at the Pentagon. My boy that's in the waiting room works at Microsoft. My other boy is downtown every day as an essential worker, right? Like these, these guys, these people, it's impactful and it makes me feel special to work with them. Uh, but I will say we didn't know it was gonna be the five of us, right? It was, this was kind of a maturation process. I think it's kind of the continuation of our, I guess our development as men and young men. Now we, we had a lot of experiences together. We have a large network. So we tried to start the investment club, but like a, bit, a large number. Gino said 10, I'm like, who was it 10? Um, but it was a it was a number of us, right? But in today, whoever reasons, folks, you know, have to go their own route and try their own things. I'm just thankful to God that we were able to stick together. Me and Brandon, for example, I maybe hung out with him three, four times when we agreed to do this. Um, but now I'm closer to him than some people I've known for decades, right? And it's just so this is I I really I always tell brothers I think we're on a journey that's been divinely determined. Um, and it's just our job to keep going, keep walking forward. Very nice. Y'all see how y'all got me smiling? Like my cheeks are just, you know, rosy and comfortable. Y'all just got me cheesing from ear to ear because I love it. So hopefully, Hey Sister is now part of that network too. Amen. We feel the same yes. way about, mm-hmm. uh, we feel the same way about our community and our tribe. So we have a couple more comments and then we're going to go ahead and get into our closing remarks and and wrap up for the the evening so mr randall McHenry again he said that the national alumni association is having a mentoring and networking workshop with alumni and students on wednesday they want you all to join and share your story with alumni and students so y'all reach back out and connect with him brandon typed in here about trust was slowly earned and that's the thing, you know, people think of trust is this instantaneous thing, but it comes over time. He said, finances help grow that trust or weed out crooks. Ding, ding, ding. Holla if you hear me. You certainly can start to um, reveal motives and motivations and intentions where money is involved, right? Uh, I like, until we put our money up, you didn't know who was serious. Or who was Hello? Well, to the, okay, can I ask a quick question? Well, I actually have two, but let me ask a quick question about that, about putting the money up. So you said it, you thought about 10 people initially, right? And obviously it, it was the five of you that were serious. Have you all had any issues, say, with some of the others who didn't put their money up, but now they're seeing your success and they like, dang, I should have stayed on board? I, I don't think I see a smile. I see a smirk on the face. So that's there's something there, but maybe that's the means uh, we won't comment on that. All right. Well then let me ask this quick quick question before you go into more comments. As far as you we know that we can go on your website and we can buy your merch, we can buy your coffee, but do you all have any contracts with companies? Because my company provides us we are so blessed to get free coffee every day, and it is the worst. We have like three different kinds, and I think all of them are nasty. So <laughs> do you all have any relationship with corporations where you can perhaps provide some 
some coffee, get some coffee. Let's talk about getting those relationships. Let's talk about you all getting your minority um, business enterprise certification so that we can have those contracts with some of these. Because if you at the Pentagon, we need to have your coffee in the Pentagon. So we can talk offline about that because, you know, in some of the organizations that I'm involved with, that's very much where my mind is. And so we can talk about that in those processes and getting some of those certifications because there's no reason where all of you work that your coffee is not prominently featured. Amen. 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 Uh, <laughs> though you are, you know, beating to my heart right now. Uh, I feel like that is the number one biggest opportunity for our organization to grow is government, federal, state, local contracting, uh, those certifications are on top of our agenda, along with uh, we've recently submitted applications for the ED EIDL loan and uh, well, not the other, but the EIDL loan for the Small Business Association, the um, disaster relief for COVID-19. Uh, and doing going through that process, it just made it that transparent how we're missing out on all these opportunities by not charging ahead with these certifications. Yes. Well, I, I can I can help you um, navigate some of that because I've gotten coaching, their executive coaching service. We've been eyeing for <laughs> quite some time. But one of our three goals this year are refinement, team growth and revenue uh, increases. And now working with professional services, consultants, folks, such as yourself who have a wealth of knowledge is something that we should we'll talk offline. Well, we will definitely chat offline about, okay, let me get these last few comments here. It says, and I love this comment, black men with black wives raising black children with a black company. What a black legacy. Go ahead, y'all. That's what I love. <laughs> and what I need you to do is also drop in the comments here. Um, we need your website. We need what upcoming events you have going on. Um, and then it says, yes, grow those relationships. We're going to talk about those relationships. And even this, this was the Brandon Hall says, black coffee K-cups. <laughs> in the future. You might want to bring Brandon Cole on that one. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll bring him on and um, we'll we'll talk about that. But even if you don't have K-cups, you know you have the reusable K-cup where you can ground their beans and throw it right on in there so we can do that as well yes so we want you all to go to the black coffee company.com the black coffee company.com we want you to buy their coffee we want you to try their beans we want you to buy their merchandise we want you to check out their Community involvement, the podcast. Where can they get the podcast? Drop that in there. Um, someone said, I might have missed this, but does your coffee has tea? And so they partnered with the tea company. Show them the tea. There's the tea. So, special about this tea right here, about this tea right here, <laughs> this comes from a, a, a lovely woman by the name of Joy de France, who is a Xavier University graduate. Uh, she is a general manager and soon to be partner of Tease Me in India, uh, Tease Me Cafe in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, ever since we partnered with this tea, it's been flying off our shelf because it smells and tastes so good. Nice. 
All right. I love it. Yay! I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So, Jamin and Leonard, thank you for carrying the load so much with our conversation this evening. I'm going to ask you all for your closing remarks before I bring your partners back up on the screen for their closing remarks. So, Leonard, I'm going to go to you first. In closing, what would you like to share with folks? First, I just want to thank you all for having us on you guys' platform. This was a lot of fun. Um, we really enjoyed doing these virtual um, interviews. Um, and it actually um, raises our game up because you guys actually challenging questions and it forces us to really think about these different things. And we do look forward to, to talking up, talking offline to learn about you know the different services that you provide because that's one of the things we learned from day one is that we don't know all the answers and it's a lot easier for us to seek help. And that way we can move a lot faster and we're not afraid to say we don't know it all. Um, there's there's no shame in that. Uh, we're just all about learning. Um, and in closing, we are the Black Coffee Company. We're all about the community. Coffee is the vehicle that we're using to bring the community together and to have these intentional conversations that lead to um, intentional actions. So all I'll right. Thank you very much. Well, I'm going to, Leonard's going to drop down. We're going to bring Brandon up. And then, Jamin, you tell us of your closing remarks. Um, I'll just say that, you know, this, this whole experience uh, has been just one of the most impactful uh, times of my life. I'm so thankful to partner with my brothers on this venture. Uh, it has changed the, my destiny. And, um, you know, I, it's the experience, the support from our community, even especially now during this quarantine, we've had our biggest quarter yet. Um, I'm just excited for what tomorrow brings. I'm thankful for everybody that's supporting us and working with us. And I'm looking forward, and we're gonna keep working hard to make sure that we're bringing you the best dang uh, black coffee company in the world. And I wanna let you know that Brandon, he does that hair, that's all natural. He grows up <laughs> curly just like that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jamin. Uh, and we want y'all make sure you hold the line because we're going to talk offline afterwards. So y'all stay on. Um, bring Brandon down. Um, uh, Brandon, go ahead and share your um, comments while I bring Gino on screen. Oh, wait a minute. We can't hear you. Hold on. Brandon. Let's see. Unmute. Okay. I'm gonna unmute you. Yes, let me. <laughs> there you go. Let the host be the host. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, but um, yeah, no, I just want to say thank you for having us. Uh, thank you for everybody who's participating in the chat. Um, I had a great time tonight talking through a lot of the things that kind of we built, and uh, it's just kind of refreshing to hear these things again. Just know that there's so many people out there who are interested in doing these things themselves. Um, we just want to let everybody know that it's bigger than us. Um, this this has always been bigger than us. Uh, people say that there's no if they, they believe that if if I get piece of pie, then there's not enough for everybody else. But we're here to tell you and help you, you know, help inspire you get your piece. We're getting our piece. You guys get your piece, you know, um, and that's what we're in business for. So thanks for having us. Thanks for giving us an additional voice. Oh, fantastic. And Gino. Yeah, again, thank you guys so much for inviting us here on, on a podcast. Um, I think uh, my final request, I want to um, just say this it's community. It's all about community. Um, you don't have to go at it alone. Um, if you're able to, great. But just imagine how much you can do when you have like minded individuals 
not only supporting you, but also by your side. Um, and I want to give a quick shout out to Chris Bowden, uh, he, our other partner. He was in the he chat. He was in the comments. Day. I saw. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> we see you, Chris. But um, just thank everyone for supporting the Black Com Black Coffee Company. And um, we just have many events and things coming up. Um, if you can, go to our website, uh, theblackcoffeecompany.com, and then also join our uh, Black Coffee Community Group on Facebook as well. Okay. Well, what I would like to say in closing is um, everybody go to the website, buy some coffee, uh, buy some tea, buy a mug, buy a shirt, whatever you can do. You know that a portion of whatever you invest in the Black Coffee Company is going back directly into community and community initiatives and growing the community. We know finances are tight for people right now, but it doesn't cost you anything to hit a like button, to hit a share button, to make a comment. So follow them on all the social media platforms. Look for the Black Coffee Company so you can like, follow, and share what they're doing. Just like we ask you at the end of every one of our programs to like, follow, and share. Hey, sister, be a part of our community follow our page, share what we're doing and what we're trying to grow because we too believe that together we can um, be greater, be stronger, be more powerful and more impactful. So that's what I have to say in closing. Sister, what about you? What do you have to say in closing tonight? I think I'm going to have to pull my Chemex out and get my grinder out and get me some more coffee. That's what I think. <laughs> Thank you all so much. It has been very enlightening and inspiring. And I know one thing, I, I just really am going to uh, find a way to push myself and my friends and do more with them, um, family members, et cetera, because this, this is exactly the model we should be following. Absolutely. So with that being said, we're signing off. Gentlemen, I ask you to hold the line and sister, hold the line. Thank you very much everyone for tuning in tonight on hey sister if you want to catch the replay we're going to be uploading this to our youtube channel so you can go and get it there as well good night everybody Bye. good night